0: you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So, with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: This is the Mom Link and Crew. I see so many amazing, beautiful, powerhouse women from the Mom Link community on stage and in this room. So excited to see you guys here. Lolita. Oh, she was she's not here still. Oh my goodness. What a powerful share this morning and thank you for the reminder lolita i hope you hear this replay because you said something so damn important and you know what that is oops sorry i'm not swearing on this stage sorry it was the title up there that got me a little bit thrown off but lolita you gave an amazing reminder it's international women's day women's month and this month just fires me up and the reminder that lolita gave was for all ceos all bosses in the room all leaders in the room, remind yourself that autonomy, giving your team members, giving the individuals who make your business run and successful, giving them that autonomy is crucial to being an exempla- an exemplary leader and someone who is really going to see their team thrive. So I just had to touch upon that. Lolita did an amazing job this morning. But now you are here and you are going to get your A dollar sign dollar sign kicked by the mom link because that's what we came in here to do this morning. We came in here to fire you up, inspire you. And of course, like always, bring you some mom link magic. My name is Crystal Almeida, one of the three powerhouse Female founders of the Mom Link community with Gina Skeleton to my left and Nicole Puckerin to my right. So today I needed a little bit of a dollar sign, dollar sign kick myself. And this room reminded me and made me think about a couple things I need reminders of. You know, January, we're so motivated, we've got new goals for the year. And February, I don't know about everybody in this room, but where I'm located, we're just coming out of the tail end of winter. And March seems to be a really difficult month. So I need to remind myself of a couple things. I need to pull those goals out. I need to revisit, reevaluate, you know, tweak, pivot, whatever it is. I really encourage everybody in this room, you should be pulling out your goals and looking at them, not just, you know, every quarter or every three months or every four months, but every week, every day, you should know what those goals look like. But two things I wanted to discuss this morning is Two important reminders, and it's kind of, yes, that kick in the butt that we all need because these are two things that affect us as leaders, affect us in moving that needle forward in our business and our life goals. And those two things, and I hope this resonates with you because these are two things that I need reminders of in my life. Number one, let go of expectations. Expectations is a huge one. I am someone who really has to scale back and remind myself sometimes expectations can be great. They can motivate us. They can inspire us. They can remind us, you know, to be better human beings. They can remind us to, you know, live up to expectations that maybe our family and our ch- children have of ourselves. However, expectations can also not be a good thing. And I've experienced that in my life. And in fact, it's my husband who's always reminding me, you know, Crystal, your high expectations are always disappointing you. You know, when we don't have expectations of others and they come you know, and do something that you weren't expecting, you are very pleased, you're happy, you allow for that warmth and love to enter into your heart. But when your expectations are so high and people don't come through with those expectations, you are disappointed, you are left for disappointment. So let go of your attachment to outcomes. Expectations, what what do they do? They feed our frustration. It is an unhealthy attachment to people Uh, things and outcomes that we wish we could control, but we don't have control over. All we have control over is ourselves and manipulating those expectations. So we aren't experiencing that disappointment. It's almost like a grief process sometimes to let go of what we expected from life and move on. So I have a really great example of this and where it really kicked my butt. So long story short, my husband and I planned a destination wedding to St. Martin. At the time, uh, my husband was actually a Portuguese citizen, not a Canadian citizen. I'm here in Canada, Canadian citizen. We flew our whole family out to St. Martin, get to the airport, let all 40 family members go ahead of us. And I literally, dreamed, planned, you know, coordinated my wedding, my destination wedding. That was going to be incredible. I envisioned it. It was going to happen exactly how I planned. I had these expectations. Do you know what happened? My husband didn't even board that plane that day. He didn't board the plane. I cried and cried. Not only did he not board the plane, so he had an expired passport. We accidentally brought the wrong passport with us to the airport. So there I went on a plane without my husband to be to this beautiful destination, to this very expensive wedding that I had just planned detail by detail. I mean, I brought all of my decor with me in suitcases, my wedding dress on the plane, and here I am sobbing on this plane and the stewardess just feeding me like so much champagne and alcohol. (laughs) But I get there and I still didn't let go of expectations. I knew the reality. I knew he wasn't on that plane. I knew, you know, okay, he was gonna try and get here. But it's not easy to get a portuguese passport in canada um and so what happened we were supposed to get married on that monday we all arrived thursday we were supposed to get married on that monday and i still had the expectation he was coming this has to happen that way if i tell you the type of disappointment it was grief i was going through grief my husband wasn't there and i had just planned on that anyways long story short he didn't actually make it to the wedding he showed up the night before everybody was ready to depart the next day so we had a quick little set up pretend wedding and didn't actually get to execute the wedding that i had planned i had envisioned that i had expectations for it to turn out the way i wanted to literally because of those expectations i wasn't able to look at my own wedding pictures for years after that it brought me so much sadness it felt like a moment of grief instead of a moment of happiness in retrospect, was I able to let go of those expectations and if I could have been flexible, if I could have bended it a little bit, I would have, you know, found moments of joy and, and, you know, happiness in that. But I was so devastated because of those expectations. Too many disappointments are usually a sign of too many expectations. Expectations make you feel that you have to live according to a certain narrative, according to a certain script, that does not always play out well. And it will always leave you to disappointment. So that's my little piece on expectation that I wanted to bring to you and just give you a good reminder that sometimes expectations can be great, but sometimes they are the demise of ourselves. So be careful on those expectations you put on yourselves and most importantly those expectations that might be unknown because you haven't communicated them verbally to your family, your loved ones, your partner, your friends, or they might be unrealistic and you might be putting that pressure, you know, like that song, what's the famous song I cannot sing for the life of me, but from Encanto, that drip song, right, that pressure, sometimes people are feeling that pressure through our expectations and we are causing them so much stress that we aren't even aware that our expectations are doing that. So be careful with your expectations, let go of your attachment to outcomes and be flexible. The two other things I wanted to bring in and discuss today is fear and guilt. I know there is everybody in this room has experienced fear no doubt about that and has also experienced guilt mom guilt i'll say that i'm raising my hand right now uh entrepreneur guilt partner guilt wife guilt daughter guilt all of the guilts. i felt them all and i think that guilt plays a very huge important role in life guilt serves as a powerful social function in terms of policing our behavior because when we know better We do better, and when we know better and we don't do better, guilt kicks in. We've all felt that. So guilt can be a really great tool. But guilt, just like fear, it can be a good thing, but it can also go too far. So I'm going to give you another quick little example. So for fear, I have a very deathly fear of dogs. I was mulled by a husky when I was a little girl, and it has forever scarred me. It scarred my face physically, but it has scarred like my psyche, whatever you call it, like the fear. And I'm not talking just a little bit of fear. I'm talking like if a dog off of a leash is across the street from me, I cannot move. I am paralyzed in fear. It literally takes control over my whole life. Little dogs I'm all right with because I know the bite is little, but any other dog it doesn't matter even if it's a friend's dog like that fear is so intense for me it literally controls me and controls my life so guilt is kind of the same thing guilt can be a really good thing guilt can you know help us mold our behavior but guilt can also be a not such a good thing it can stop us from doing things it makes us ruminate it makes us magnify things You know, something small that we feel guilty over. Well, I don't know about you, but I ruminate. Ruminating is like a cow, right? Like you chew something. It's exactly what cows do. You pick something up, you chew on it. All right. You mole over it. You spit it back out. And then, oh, it comes back into you. You pick it back up. You chew on it. You spit it back out. Ruminating. It is unproductive. So if guilt makes you do that, if fear makes you ruminate on things, if guilt makes you not be able to let go and move forward, then you need to reevaluate that relationship with guilt. I used to think it was a good thing. You know, I'd get on I'd get on Clubhouse and, you know, with the mom link, I'd have a little bit of entrepreneurial guilt. Like I have a responsibility to, you know, use the right words, be the appropriate leader. Um, and I would leave sometimes some rooms on Clubhouse, and I'd feel guilty. I'd have this guilt of, oh my goodness, did I say the right words? That, you know, did I impact anybody negatively in the room? Did I, you know, use language that may have offended somebody or hurt somebody? Did somebody leave this room today feeling worse than when they came in? Those aren't bad things to have, but when that literally consumes you and you're ruminating on it, guilt guilt can be counterproductive, just as fear. So distinguish between abnormal guilt from a healthy sense of remorse. Recognize if you are ruminating. Identify the intensity of that guilt and stop magnifying it. Speak to others, reach out to others, get that off of your chest, get it out of your head. And and then identify the intensity, the duration and consequences of that guilt that you feel. Are they appropriate? If you need to, get a paper, get a pen, write it down, identify those things that bring you stress, fear, anxiety, and guilt that are no longer serving a purpose. So the last thing I'm gonna share, cause I wanna hear from some people in the room today before we pass the mic over to uh, Nicole and Gina. The last thing I'm gonna say is a good reminder, I need to remind myself, fear stands for two things, forget everything and run or face everything and rise the choice is ours remind yourself of that forget everything and run or face everything and rise and thank you to the mom link and these two powerhouse beautiful women that I work alongside in this incredible business and the community of 24,000 women who literally we show up for one another to simply remind each other face everything and rise because you can do it so having said that, I hope that landed. I hope that resonated with anybody in the room. I'd love to hear from some people in the room. I know there's some amazing mom linkers in the room. So go ahead and flash your mic if you would like to chime in, share this morning on the topic. I see you, Sonia, go ahead, beautiful.
2: Oh my goodness. I love everything that you just shared, Crystal. I have to tell you, um, when, I, when you started speaking and started talking about expectations, That resonated so deeply with me because I really tap into my clients with that, to having real expectations, not having these ones that you place in your mind that are limited, because so many times that's what happens to people and it trips them up from walking in their greatness. So for you to even come and share the story of different things that you had to overcome and step over, it shows that you have allowed it to be your stepping stone to your greatness, and I'm so grateful to be in association with the Mom Link, with you, Gina, and Nicole, and this is what dynamics looks like. This is what empowerment feels like, and this is why we all can sit on this stage and be impacted in such dynamic ways. So thank you so much, and I release the mic.
1: Thank you so much, Sonia and i'm so happy that you're a part of the mom link and hosting incredible rooms you know talking about relationships and and helping people and navigate relationships and marriages and it's such an important uh topic in the Mom Link community and i'm so you know honored that you host that room weekly under the mom link community so thank you so much sonia and i couldn't agree more you know the other thing about expectations I encourage you to share your expectations, get them out of your head and, and share them with people, share them with your friends, tell people about it, tell your family. Why? Because if those expectations seem a little bit, you know, a little bit heavy, unrealistic, you know, maybe those who love you are going to be able to see those through with you, to see moments where you're trying to achieve those expectations, those goals that you've set out for yourself. And they're able to tell you, hmm, you know, it, is it an, an, a time that you need to pivot to make some changes, maybe can you break it down? Can you break those expectations down? You know That's why it's really important to identify your milestones in achieving those expectations. One, if you identify some milestones, then you can celebrate those milestones in trying to reach those expectations that you have, those goals that you have set out. And it will also, those checkpoints, those milestones, give you an opportunity to pivot because maybe at this time, at this moment in life, that expectation is unrealistic. Maybe later it's attainable, or maybe it just needs to be broken down. Is there anybody else who wants to contribute?
3: Good morning, Crystal, this is Tracy. What a wonderful segment. You really resonated with me when you said we only have control over ourselves. And that is so true because a lot of times, you know, we expect so much from other people and we are disappointed when they don't meet up, live up to our expectations. So I just love that you said that. And that just reminded me not to have such high expectations of other people, but to have high expectations of myself because, you know, a lot of times my husband tells me that the same thing that you said, your husband said to you. You know, you can't change people and you can only, you know, have expectations of yourself. So thank you so much for your lovely share. And thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing about your wedding as well. Um, That was that was really powerful that you're able to share that with everyone. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Tracy. It took me that that wedding happened. uh, When was it? Oh, gosh, like 10 years ago. So I'm able to discuss it now. But it was such a huge lesson learned. And in business, I think we need to apply the same concept, you know, these high expectations we may even have on our team, these high expectations we may have, you know, for our team that Maybe putting so much pressure that it's actually causing failure or setback or delay in achieving your business goals because of those expectations you have on our team. So we really need to reevaluate those. We need to have open conversation with those that we're including in on those expectations. And, you know, that's my biggest failure in in reminding that was my biggest failure with expectations. And that's where I was failing myself and failing others around me. I had expectations that I wasn't even telling those who I had set them upon you know, not just on myself, or maybe I wasn't even saying them out loud to myself. So I think it's important and I encourage you all, if you have a team, if you have a business, you know, if you have a business and you have a product and you're trying to sell a product, and you have a team around you and you have somebody on your team, who's the marketer, the graphic designer, somebody who's sales and this, you know, and your expectation is that, okay, we're going to sell this many today, you know? Or I'll bring it to the mom link and selling our summit tickets. You know, we have an expectation, a goal that we're going to sell this many tickets. And then we didn't even come close. And then we're disappointed. Did we, you know, communicate this expectation with our team? Did we revisit? Did we pivot? Did we do the things necessary where those expectations didn't lead to grandiose failure? You know, because at the end of the day, as the leader, as the person who is creating those expectations, it's it's important for us to be realistic, you know. If those ticket sales for our summit didn't sell, I mean, we can't go and put the blame on all of our team, right? We need to come back to the table. We need to myself, Gina, and Nicole, we need to really sit down and break it down and think, what are we missing? How come our tickets aren't selling, right? I mean, they did sell. It was incredible. It was like an amazing, phenomenal, successful summit, but if it did not go that way, we cannot look to our team and say, well, they didn't sell. We need to look at ourselves and question what we weren't doing the right way. What pivots were, did we need to make? Were our expectations too high? Was our pitch no good? You know, we need to be able to sell our own product. Do not put those expectations on other, put those on ourselves. So that is my piece for this morning but don't worry Gina and Nicole are here to kick your a dollar sign dollar sign butt this morning and get things into the gear because this is the mom link crew and we bring the magic I'm going to pass it over to you beautiful Gina
4: can I chime in for a sec it's Norm um where's she gonna go can you guys hear me by the way can you
5: hear me
6: turn it up turn it up norm
4: hey hey thanks yeah i was just listening and i hope i caught most of this i would say you know this expectations i was just reading some that i sometimes send out um when you get those mems, whatever it said expect nothing appreciate everything and i think sometimes um we all have high expectations of what we want to do in life whether it's from uh, your parents, your kids, your husband, ex-wife, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. But I think sometimes we have to step back and to move forward and just try to be ourselves. And we all want to raise the bar out there and do everything. And and, and I had this myself in, in my past. And to please and know that is everybody happy, this and that, when we have to take care of I guess ourselves a little bit more, and not drop our guard down, but still try to be appreciative and uh, thoughtful of other people. And that's really all I have to say. I'm not going to go on because I can go on for hours about this topic. Thanks.
5: Oh, thank you so much, Norm. I appreciate you being here and all the support that you always give the Mom Link and everybody here on Clubhouse. It's amazing, Uh, and we appreciate you sharing and tapping in today. Welcome. Uh, Okay. I am Gina Skelton and you are in breakfast with champions you need to get a you need a kick in the you know what and and get in here my goodness you guys breakfast with champions has been stretching the envelope on the on the room titles lately right am I wrong am I right what do you guys think I think a good stretch in the morning is just called right for Gina don't you I think? love it I love it I love it it's waking us up it's getting us in here go to that little box with the arrow. There's 151 shares. Uh, There's 224 people in here. Let's get those shares up to 170, 80 maybe. And let's get the numbers up to at least 250, invite some people into the room, uh, do all the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. Let's get this party started. So I love when I come in, Uh, Crystal had an incredible share. I always love that story that she talks about uh, when she was, Going to her destination wedding and her husband couldn't even get on the plane, which cracks me up. But um I'm gonna I'm gonna get real today. Uh so I want permission to get real. Can I get real? Woo woo! Woo -woo! Are Are we awake in the room today? Always real.
0: Get it real.
5: Yes, I want to see Mike Splash in. I want to see everybody who's awake. Let me know you're here with me. I'd like to speak to a room that I know people are listening in. So uh, turn that that volume up, whether you're in the car or wherever you are at, I'm going to give a share. I'm going to get permission to get real. And uh, I love to talk about my story. I love to use my story and different aspects of my story, depending on, you know, the purpose of the room and what we are discussing in the moment and what, uh, you know, this this moment is being called for me to do. Uh, I'm just a a huge storyteller. I saw Paulette flash and she knows how important it is uh, when you're speaking to a group like this, when you're quote unquote public speaking, Uh, she knows how passionate I am about storytelling and using it to drive points home. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my weight loss. I had a 150 pound weight loss. Yes, I was 275 pounds at one point in time yes can you wrap your brain around that uh it's kind of crazy but i did start college in ithaca college um in 1999 2000 uh at 275 pounds and i'm going to talk a little bit about this journey and what it took to get me to the place where i'm at now uh, someone who has lost a, a boatload of weight, over 150 pounds, um, and come back stronger than ever. Somebody that uh, you know is motivated, has kept the weight off, has inspired other people to do the same. And I know that some people need a good swift kick in the ass in that area. So let's talk about it today. You know, I don't always like to talk about it and bring it up because um, I, I don't like to define myself. Um, This way necessarily because there's so many other attributes of myself that I like to highlight and and bring forth But you know, there are time and place where it's important to talk about this and to inspire and motivate people So let's do it um, and let's go there so My my childhood, you know There was some tragedies and some serious issues that I had to deal with at a very very young age It grew me up rather quickly. I'm not gonna lie, but the good side of, of my life is that as an Italian, who in here is an Italian? Can you get, can I get a whoop whoop if you're an Italian? Whoop 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 whoop. I got woop, Amelia. Woop. Okay, we know that for sure. Uh, we got I think Monica. Okay, so anyone who is Laura, love it. Anyone who is Italian knows. Hey
1: listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day.
5: That our culture is kind of like defined by food. Um, And I also want to quick say, Tracy, welcome to uh, the godmothers in the locker rooms. Just a side note. Anyway, uh, so yes, so the Italian culture, we are defined by food. When we wake up, we're wondering what we have for breakfast. When we're eating breakfast, we're wondering what we're going to do for lunch. As we're eating lunch, we're deciding what we're having for dinner. Uh, As we're eating dinner, we're deciding the rest of the meals for the rest of the week. I mean, and it is like my grandmother, the whole four foot 11 and a half inches of her lived in the kitchen my grandparents um actually you know owned a grocery store like back then back then in the day you know grocery stores weren't publics. they weren't corporate run they were you know mom and pop shops and they owned the biggest grocery store the only grocery store in scranton pennsylvania across from the biggest and only church you know saint lucy's where i was baptized and you know uh uh super catholic like you know basement type of uh ccd classes every sunday uh first holy communion confirmation the whole works right so super italian i mean i grew up with so much food we always had breads and pastas and cured meats and cheeses i know your mouths are watering because mine is too i still love this style of eating i mean homemade pasta homemade lasagna, homemade sauce that would sit on the stove, homemade meatballs, sausage. Um, I mean, you name it, we had it. It was amazing, uh, homemade raviolis, homemade everything. It was delicious, homemade cheesecake afterwards, chocolates, cordials, everything, the works. I mean, my family loved to eat and uh i did as well but it wasn't necessarily always the best thing for us so italians when we we were happy we celebrated with food when we were sad we comforted ourselves with food and it was a constant you know um thing where Growing up, I was overweight. I was fat. I was teased. I was teased on the bus. I remember one time a kid threw a lollipop in my hair and I had to like come home crying and get the lollipop out of my hair. Uh, I was teased very relentlessly. I remember um, specifically, I believe it was like fourth grade. There were two boys behind me um, that would just, you know, lay into me big time and I would cry and I just, I remember like laying in bed at night and wishing, like praying, you know, like as a kid, you had those wishes, those dreams that like, I would wake up skinny, I would wake up thin. I was always in that place where, you know, I was, I was defined, you know, by my weight. People teased me by my weight. I struggled with it growing up. And because of that, my parents tried to help me. um, But I don't know if, if it did help me because it, it was, you know, as a kid, you, you believe things that are said about you from other people, from your family, from your experiences. And so even to this day, as a 40-year-old woman, I still struggle and fight the belief system that I agreed to when I was that age that I was fat. And even at 40, even after that massive weight loss, I still have to consciously make an effort to know that my body is perfect right now. Love my body. Love the scars. Love the stretch marks. Love everything about who I am and the journey that I've gone through. But also like it gives me this sense of self-confidence to know that like I worked really freaking hard to be where I'm at today. I'm compassionate with myself. I give myself a pat on the back. I love myself. My body is never going to be a model type body. I have curves. I have, you know, uh skin that has been stretched out that, you know, I have stretch marks on my back and my front. I had to get a huge uh, surgery, uh, a tummy tuck um, when before I had my son. And uh, they removed five pounds of skin from my stomach because of the amount of weight that I had to lose. Uh, I chose to do that because I didn't want to look in the mirror anymore and see reminders of that. I worked so hard. I wanted to see the fruits of my labor and there's nothing you can do with loose skin. Um, so I chose to do that for myself. But You know you still realize that even you know 40 years later or 30 years later that those narratives that you had as a child that you agreed to that you believed in that you repeated to yourself over and over and over again takes more takes a lot of energy and effort and consciousness like to reframe that part of your brain to say i am beautiful i am perfect i am exactly where i need to be today i have kicked butt. Like I own these scars. I am ferocious. I am amazing. I am powerful. I am strong. I did so much in my life and now I'm here to inspire others to do the same, but also to, to cancel that culture of like women are not, our worth is not based on what we step on the scale. And I don't care what size you are. You could be anorexic and you can be obese. And I know that we all, so many women have, have suffered with, our body type, because the way that our society places value on women so many times places it on the amount of mass that they take up in this earth. And I just want to be here to say that that is not God's version of us. That is not what we are meant to live. That is not our purpose. Our purpose is our spiritual self. Our purpose is the relationships that we have with who we are and and who we interact with on a daily basis. Our bodies are literally like a coat This is not our home, right? We are spiritual beings. We are on a journey. We were brought here from another place and we will continue on after this lifetime in another place. And this is just a little intermediate area that we're hanging out in. And this body that we have is just something that we're borrowing here for our spirit to have this journey, in this life, it's like a coat. And when we leave, we're gonna let go of it. And when I wrap my brain around that this is just a vessel, it's just a little coat it's gonna get beat up. Like when you're in the winter, right? And you're in the snow and the salt, your coat gets dirty. Like this this body's gonna wrinkle, it's gonna get old, it's gonna get fat, it's gonna get thin, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that, you're gonna be short, you're gonna be tall, you're gonna be black, you're gonna be white. And when it's over, this body is gonna go in the ground and be eaten or turned into ashes. Like, let's not put our value, especially as women, in what, we, in what our coat looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like our value is so much greater and God doesn't place our value based on what our coat looks like and neither should we. And let's not buy into societal norms and what they say about women because all of us, beautiful, all different shapes and sizes and colors and and experiences and, and personality types and body t- types, this is all beautiful. This is all something that needs to be celebrated on a daily basis. And so when I hear... Anyone in my, you know, even myself, okay, and people in my immediate circle saying negative things about their body, I'm always reframing that and correcting them and saying we are exactly perfect just the way we are in this moment. And I'm not saying you don't need to work on yourself. Like if you're not exercising, you need to start exercising. And that's not because you know you need to be an ideal body type it's because it's good for you and it's going to help you live a longer life so you can enjoy this you know this beautiful world that we live in and enjoy the people that are around you so move exercise eat healthy drink the water do the things that you need to do to keep this coat clean and healthy but let's not get caught up in this 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 earth, that this is what we o- this is our only value and our only you know thing that we place in our lives. Like take care of it, yes, but understand that our spiritual value and who we are is so much bigger than this this you know thing that we call our body. You know, it's just it's just a vessel for us to carry into. And so, in that being said, I I kind of went a little bit off topic and a little bit on a tangent, but I'm telling you this because. You know, As a child, as somebody that dealt with weight loss, as somebody that was judged based and my value was based on what I was worth, I had to work hard at knowing that that was not true, that they were wrong. And I proved them wrong every single day. And by the way, the boys that tease me in fourth grade work at the Dunkin' Donuts in the gas station down the street and I'm living my best life, like building community and hyping women up have a successful marriage looking pretty damn good if i do say so myself so i have to thank them for giving me the fuel to be the person that i am today and to rock who i am now and the confidence that i have and and the things that i have um you know conquered and the struggles that i've overcome because i would have never been there had they have not given me the fuel to like kick myself in the butt and move forward and so Being young and being in elementary school and middle school, um, I've been to every, you know, Weight Watchers meeting. I've stepped on every single one of those scales where they move those things, you know, those big black bars. Remember back in the day, I was born in 81, so this is 80s, 90s stuff. I hope y'all can relate. You know, when they move those big black pieces, you know, to the 100 mark, to the 200 mark, and then they move that little one on top. You know, it's daunting, right? It's daunting. And then you have to write the number and they celebrate you if you lost weight and they shame you and criticize you if you didn't. And LA weight losses and the bars and the programs. And the, I mean, it's just, it's the memories that I have about what this was in my life. It's just kind of like part of who I am, the fabric of who I was. And so my seat, my sophomore year of high school, uh, I ended up getting mono. And through getting mono, I lost like a ton of weight. So I was at probably the the smallest that I had ever been, the, the least amount of mass that I had taken up in, in a long time. And during that time, I actually met a boyfriend. Uh, he was my boyfriend for sophomore, fresh, uh, sophomore, junior, senior, and then freshman year of college. So we were together for four years. And. Um, And during that time, you know, we were going through some seriously challenging things at the time. My grandfather was dying. Uh, His grandfather, his father was um, dying as well, uh, just struggling. And it was not very easy for us. And so what we did uh, was we, you know, ate together. We would go out to dinner, Olive Gardens, all the things, and then, you know, go watch movies and sleep and all the other stuff. And so that was you know, put on a lot of weight, and so, for four years, I just you know continued to blow up, and I guess it didn't really matter because you know, I had my boyfriend and he had me, and we just got big together. and so I go to my freshman year at Ithaca College, and I realize very quickly that I'm like, okay, I need to move on with my life. I cannot be you know dating um this gentleman anymore. uh, I just knew that his life wasn't going the direction that my life was going in, and so you know, we, we broke up, but then at that point in time, I'm a freshman in college and I'm looking at the way that I look and I was not happy. You know, it was 275 pounds. It was unhealthy for me to be at that late weight. I wasn't happy. I was young. I wanted to, uh, live my life and, and to the fullest of its potentials. And I remember, uh, in that moment, me just saying to myself, like, I'm never going to be this heavy again. And I gave myself a good swick kick in the butt and i got on the train i got on the train of deciding that then, that then and there was the moment that i was going to transform my mind my body and my soul and i started working out when i started at the gym i was on the treadmill walking for 15 20 minutes and i mean i was huffing and puffing it like it was impossible Um, as I started losing weight, I was on the elliptical. I was doing weightlifting. I was doing all this. I did on my own. I never got lap band surgery. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that didn't really exist back then. I basically was the biggest loser on my own. Like if you had ever watched that movie where they take those really giant people and they like shrink them down. I did that like on my own. I would go to the, the, uh, college cafeteria and walk by like all the cookies and the, and the, pizzas and the pastas and the breads and whatever they made and i would just go straight to the salad bar i would get my salad i would sit down and have i would eat super clean healthy and do all those things and within a year maybe a year and a half i had lost over 150 pounds so my freshman year and my sophomore year of college i was on that major weight loss journey and it really it really helped me to move me forward and people you know uh they congratulate me on that for keeping it off i mean i did have two children where you gain and lose weight again but ultimately you know the the way that my mind frame is is that i i prioritize um healthy eating I, I i eat a mediterranean style diet but i do allow myself for you know the the treats that i need but i get right back on the wagon when i when i need to i know i know what makes me feel good i know what what foods cause inflammation and weight gain in me and i just keep that in my mind in my journey and and i believe that is, is it a tr- it's a true mindset shift to be able to to take on a challenge like that and to see it all the way through. And it gave me a sense of confidence. It gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a strength that, you know, if I could do that type of, of incredible weight loss that I can do so many other things in life. And so, um, and also it's given, given me a sense of, you know, my, my true value. I saw the way people treated me at 275 pounds versus the way that they treated me. At 150 pounds and I realized I was I was the same person that I was at 275 Uh, inside you know I may have had weight on me yes and I may have been going through some struggles but I'm the same person and I'm, I'm the same value that I was at that weight versus the weight that I had become and it shows me that people are different they treat you different when they they you know see something that they believe is worthy of value. And so I look at other people and I value them based on their story and how they treat me and and how they show up in life and who they are. And I'm always inspired by people and their struggles and their journeys. And I just think that that journey made me a beautiful person. It gave me a beautiful heart. It, it taught me. Um, That we are all so incredible, that we're all so valuable and it doesn't matter, you know, our socioeconomic background, our size, our color, our weight, like we have so much to give. We're such beautiful people as humans. And I hope today everyone embraces and understands and and knows their value, that we are all so important on this planet and who we are and what we do is, is 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 we have a purpose in this life and it's ordained by god and we are here for a reason and i and i encourage everyone to live out their purpose and their dreams and their goals and their missions because you know people there's people who amass incredible success in their lives um however you define that and it's it's not because they have a superhuman power but it's because they step into their purpose and they know their value and they treat themselves and others that way and so that is my kind of my message in leaving there today is to to know that you can accomplish your dreams to know that you can accomplish greatness that if i did it um that you can do it too that no one has any superhuman powers we all have greatness within us and that we all if we put our minds to it and we take the actionable steps toward it can achieve whatever we want in our lives so uh, before i pass on the mic to my beautiful sister nicole here on stage I just want to see if anyone wants to flash and share to see if any of that landed for them and if um i've been able to inspire and impact anyone here on this stage today go ahead and flash your mic and i'll come right over to you i'm just trying to scroll the stage or
6: just pop in
5: yeah monica go ahead girl
6: i love your shares always this is monica in the turquoise ring you made me think of a couple things that i'll share quickly number one you said about the body being like a coat oh my goodness Yes, what an incredible visual, right? But here's the interesting thing. Don't we all feel better about everything in life when we're dressed well? That's the difference when when we say like, well, this is just my body and it's not really who I am. And we kind of let ourselves off the hook for not taking care of our coat, as it were it's a helpful to flip it around and remember how great you feel when you're dressed up, when you have a nice outfit on, that's the first thing. The second thing is if we, and I don't know what the room is, so I'm just gonna say it, but I believe we're made in the image of God. I believe that God made us in his image. And so if somebody like God made you in his image then by taking care of yourself are not you taking care of god and how well would you want to take care of god (laughs) if you were in charge of god for the afternoon wouldn't you take care of him pretty well so it's kind of just a way to reframe and flip around the way that we relate to the coat that we've been given that yes it doesn't define us but but at our very core when we take good care of it it makes us better and it makes it makes everything around us in our life better. This is Monica and I'm done.
5: 100% Monica and I said, you know, um like I had said exercising and eating right is is just it's for healthy purposes. It makes us feel good, right? We we feel good, we think well, we say good things, we're we're happy, you know. You all know what it's like when you eat crappy food and how you feel. It's not good. When you eat healthy food, it's good. When you take care of the coat when when you dress up, when you are showing up as your best version of yourself, it's amazing. It's amazing, but I think, you know, the what what I spoke, what I speak to when I say, you know, our value is not based on that. It's that not to get too caught up in that. You know, not to get into the into the. Um, you know, I'm not. You know, I think for women sometimes this obsession with weight loss and the way that we look becomes detrimental, and and it's it's what we focus on as who we are as women. And it's just a very small piece of who we are. Um, I think feeling and looking your best without becoming a perfectionist is really at the end of the day, the biggest message that I can come across with. It's like doing your best, showing up with your best, putting in the effort, drinking the water, eating the foods, moving the body, and then you know the rest kind of just accept the way it is, accept the way it is um, as exactly, perfectly imperfect the way we are. So that was kind of my, um, you know, message when I was explaining that because I agree with you Monica you have to show up as your best self I feel better at the weight than I am now when I than when I was 275 pounds and I know that when we carry excess weight we don't feel good about ourselves but we also know that um you know we're still no matter what weight we are we still are valuable and we still are loved and we're still worthy of all the amazing things it's just making sure that we st- stick up you know wake up and and put our best foot forward and trying to make ourselves feel better. So thank you so much for that. Anyone else want to chime in before I pass it over to Nicole? Hey Gina, this is Paula. Hey,
7: speaking.
5: And you ladies are on fire this morning.
7: Hopefully you can, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, of course. Awesome, you ladies are on fire. Seriously, I can't even wait for what Nicole has to say, but I am one of the fairy godmothers of the Mom Link, and I am loving all the things. I just want to speak specifically to, since we are talking with the Mom Link. For all of us parents in the room and people who are guardians of kids, making sure that I think one of the things you talked about was the bullying piece and making sure that what we teach in our home is more so self-love and not, um, you know, like a superficial self-image. I was also bullied and teased, but for the opposite reason, because I was too skinny. And they teased me and made fun of me, and it was a hot mess. But you know what? I exactly, I agree exactly with what you said um, when you talked about little Mr. working at the Dunkin' Donuts because when I look back and look at the people who were, you know, making comments and, you know, just not being the nicest people, it's interesting to see where they are in life. Now, I'm not going to be disparaging, but, you know, God is good. Um, and, and I think it's so important for us as we learn these things for ourselves and as we teach self-love and body positivity to ourselves Now we also start that with our children, but we start it really young so that they understand their value and their worth and it doesn't take them, you know, like you said, you know, a 40-year journey and myself a 30-some-year journey because it's a big journey, right? And so I think as parents, that's one of the things I wanted to stress is that we teach it to our kids, not just our daughters, but our sons need to know too. They need to know they're valued. They need to know what, you know, that their worth is not based on how they look, and they need to know how to show up in the world and be kind humans to other people. Because man, those um words, you know, people say words are hurt, well, they can scar for a lifetime. So thank you so much for sharing that, Gina. You are amazing. Crystal and Nicole, I can't wait to hear you. And I am passing it back over to you. Wow,
5: Paulette, I love that you shared that. And so So do you see that it's the same thing? Like, even though Paulette wasn't fat, she was very thin and she got teased for that. And and the scars that she's going to carry around for her lifetime, you know, are the same as the scars that, that I carried around for my lifetime. Being judged and being excluded and being bullied and being made to feel less than no matter what it was about leaves the same scars on your on your soul, you know? And and that's why I think as humans, we are all the same. We are all the same. We All we want is to be loved, is to feel freedom, is to be, you know, included. And I see that in my eight-year-old daughter, you know, Paulette, you're absolutely right. Like she just wants her friends to play with her. She just wants to be loved. She just wants to feel happy. She just wants to be poured into. And uh, before I pass to Nicole, you know, I think she talked about a plant, you know, there was two plants and one was being screamed at and all the negative things were being talked to and the plant died and the other plant was being told how beautiful and loved it was and how amazing it was and the plant like grew into this beautiful thing. And it's the same as humans because, you know, every our bodies are energy, our mind is energy, our energy, and they have power and they have, you know, results, you know, what we say really can impact the 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 way that somebody else feels and the way that they see themselves and so any opportunity that you have to tell somebody that they are beautiful that they are loved that they are worthy that they're they're appreciated like just it's so hokey but it's like it's so true like speak good things about yourself into your life like speak health and happiness and joy and beauty into yourself and into others and look at other people with value and care joy and positivity and love and beautiful things in the world, like be conscious over your life and other people's lives, because really at the end of the day to make an enormous impact on the way that they see themselves and in turn, the way that the world works. Like imagine if every single person on the earth right now just spoke in love and believed beautiful things about each other and, and said it, it's, 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 you know, it's utopia thinking, but it's like, it's, it's how we change the world, one word, one thought at a time. And so I hope that that lands with people today. And I hope that as you move forward in the rest of your week, like take the time out to tell people you love them, to tell them that you're grateful for them, pour into others, send them a message out of the blue, just telling them how great they are and how, how much you love them. And, and say it over yourself as well. So love you guys here. Before we pass it over to Nicole, make sure you're um, inviting some people to the room, sharing in the hallway, all the things. You know what the housekeeping rules are. So love you guys. Make sure you get following myself, Crystal, and Nicole here on Clubhouse. Um, go to the mom link, become a part of our community. We just hosted our third virtual event. It was a huge success, huge, huge success. We launched something very uh, extraordinary. If you're interested in that, DM me the word locker room. I'll get you information on that. And, um, and we're just ready to crush it. I mean, this, this community is only getting bigger. Our club has almost 25,000 women. You can follow us over on Instagram. Please follow us over on Twitter and just become a part of this incredible community, because this is just a small taste of what we provide in our community, and uh, we're going to continue to, you know, impact so many women's and mompreneurs' lives on such a, an amazing basis that we're going to be shining. Those links are going to be shined up, baby. They're going to be bling bling flossing. All right, over to you, Nicole. Love you guys.
8: Good morning. Good morning. My name is Nicole. I am the third of the Mom Link. And uh, it's really interesting that we're having this topic today because I certainly got a, a kick in my A, money sign, money sign yesterday. So my husband and I, we, um, we own a real estate business. We started off as investors, and now he is an agent, but we still focus on problem properties. Um, and we also have expanded, um, and we're, we're so busy. Like we have 16 transactions um, going on right now. That's a lot of people, a lot of phone calls, a lot of lenders, a lot of um, a lot of uh, you know un- uncertainty with people that you know you really have to help them through one of the biggest purchases and, and uh, sales of their life, right? And so I've been killing it. I have been killing it. One thing about me is I'm, I'm easily overwhelmed when I'm disorganized, but I've been doing so well. Like it's crazy with everything that we, that we've had going on with the mom link, my drama baby, hold on a second. With everything that's been going on with the mom link, our summit that we just had on Saturday, um, everything going on in our business, i i was feeling really good like wow you know i i'm actually killing this and then yesterday now my husband is a super high expectation kind of person he's your one percent he's you know up at 3 30 in the morning goes to the gym you know he's on his emails before six he does all the things he juggles all the balls and he does it really well and he forces himself right? He's, he's the type of person, no excuses. And I'm not so much that person. And I think that's why sometimes opposites attract. But anyways, to kind of get back to the point of this short story today. So yesterday, my husband says to me, <clears throat> you know, you need to do better. I'm like, I need to do better? Are you kidding me? I need to do better. All of these things that I'm doing for you and our business and our family, and I'm killing it. You know, there are no loose ends. Everything is tied. All these T's are crossed and these dies are these I's are, are dotted and I can do better. What can I do better at? Please tell me. And he's like, when's the last time you went to the gym? When's the last time you prepped a meal? When's the last time, you know, you missed your hair appointment? When's the last time you you, you know, you you put your eyelashes on, right? <laughs> if you know me, my signature is my lashes and my bun. And I was like, how dare you say anything about what I'm doing or what I'm not doing because I'm I'm feeling good. But then in retrospect, I started thinking, you know what? I haven't been to the gym in three weeks. I've been eating out every day. I'm go, go, go. And yeah, I'm getting shit done. But what about, you know, what about all the other aspects of my life? Work is not everything. It feels good to do well and kill it. But you know, it's a balancing scale, right? So yeah, I'm killing the work. The work is heavy on the scale but what about me? What about my fridge that needs to get clean and organized? Cause he's one of those, you know, every, all the jars have to be in one shelf and, and all the yogurts have to be in one shelf. You know what I mean? So, and they're not on all on one shelf. He's like, well, you know, why can't, <laughs> I'm not going to get into those details, but expectations like Crystal talked about, While you have to keep them in check and you have to be aware of what they are and how they're serving you, they can also help navigate where you should be. So yes, expectations can be detrimental and they can they can really, um, you know, kind of take you off your kilter, but they can also get you back on. And sometimes it takes somebody else to recognize that. In order for you to realize it's like going in a you know you're driving in a car you're going hundred miles an hour if you let your foot off the gas the car slows but it keeps a steady pace but while you're going 100 miles an hour you can't see out the windows everything's a blur you can't focus on anything you're going so fast so you miss the self-care the things that make you happy healthy You know the things that need to happen in the in the home right your relationship with your husband or your significant other so my problem is always what is the balance okay so if i take my foot off the gas do i take my foot off the gas or do i press the brake because we all know when we press the brake it takes a lot more energy to get that car back up to that speed. So, really, you know, champions, my question for you is what do you do? What works for you? Do you let the foot off, do you let your foot off the pedal and start to notice you know what's going on around you? Do you press the brake and then re- regain your momentum? Because we all know, like you take a vacation, it's hard to get back to work. We need that because we're so stressed. We're like, oh, you know, we're doing all this stuff. We need a break. And then we take the break and it's hard to get back to the same momentum we were before we took that break. So understanding your priorities. Your life is not just one priority. You know, women in this room, the majority of you, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a sister, you're a daughter, you're a PTA president, you know, you're doing things in your community, you're running a business. You're also a woman who has her own desires, needs, goals, expectations. So taking a step back or having someone else say, wait a minute, yeah, you're doing great in one thing, but all these other things, you're not. And not taking offense, but evaluating in order to rearrange, change, adapt, analyze, and do better. So yes, I can do better. My husband's right, I can do better. I can wake up earlier, I can get the kids to school earlier, I can go to the gym, come back, get ready, check the emails, do the work thing, prep my lunch and my dinners and, and have you know those things ready for me so I'm not running to a drive through or you know a sushi bar or a faux bar, because that's my fave faux. So. I'm an addict. <laughs> so I just want to leave you with this. How fast are you going in this car? Do you need to press the brake? Do you need to just slow down? What are you most hyper-focused on? And what are you least? What are you missing? And really taking the time to evaluate that because we are human beings and we have many pulls on our on ourselves, right? We have many pulls, many titles pulling us all different directions. But nobody's gonna eat just chicken for dinner. You gotta have a little rice. You gotta have a little cilantro. You gotta have a little lemon on the side, some garlic. You've gotta have some potatoes or some rice. You've gotta have that cup of water. You gotta have that. It, it, it's never, you cannot just do one thing and be hyper-focused on one thing. Or even two things, right? You have to analyze. And that's why when Crystal said, you know, it's so important to, to, to look at your to look at your goals every day. And Gina said, You're 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 at your best when you're feeling and you're looking good and you're feeling good and you're doing the things that make you look and feel good. And I know there's women in this room who are who are exactly where I am yesterday, or who by the words that I've said, can now take a little step back and say, wait a minute, you know what, I am hyper focused on one thing right now. And it's causing other areas to lack and I can do a little bit better in these areas. And that's okay. Right, and I struggle with that too. My struggle is always, you know, do I, how do I, I don't want to press the brake. If I press the brake, I'm gonna to come to a stop and then everything stops and then what, right? Then it's gonna take me so much longer to get my momentum, but I can slow down, look around me, look at the cows, look at the grass, look at the flowers, look at where I need to be and then press that gas again. And with that, I'm just gonna land my plane right there. I know I'm I'm a minute over time, Mr. Spisak. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, but if anyone quickly, you know, just... go ahead. <laughs> I
4: again, you're over know. I wonder... I know Unforgivable. Nicole, <laughs> I'll forgive you all day long. You just keep going. You're on a roll. So no, I, I just, don't, I don't mind at all.
8: You know, we've all been there, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, even as employees, you know, especially if you're doing something you really enjoy. I enjoy real estate. I enjoy the transactions of paperwork, communicating with 10 people on one deal and making sure like I just had, you know, uh, I just had a client who for seven days, I've been going back like we listen, we are on a we are a different kind of a breed of agent. We take our role very seriously. 98% of all of the offers that we put in get accepted, not because they're highest and best, not because they're, it's because of our level of communication with the agent and the, the level of success that we desire to achieve with our company and our brand. And I love, I'm loving it, right? This isn't, listen, I I haven't been doing real estate all my life. I've been doing it for nine months. And we've been Really successful, and I'm really enjoying it. The mom link, we haven't been doing the mom link for two, three years. We've been doing it for just, and I'm loving it. But I also have to take those times, like Gina has those non negotiables. You know, at a certain point in the morning, Gina's on the bike, she's not answering the phone. And so it's taking those opportunities to know what it is that you need carving out the time because the time is not given you have to carve it out and if that lands with anybody in this room before i give it to mr spizak who i know is just gonna drop major gems on this stage please get into my back channel because there's nothing better than you know going into the back channel seeing some messages seeing some encouragement seeing some women or some men who have been going through the same thing